In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I'd like to wish you all a very blessed and happy uh, Coptic New Year. And I pray that in this New Year, we'll be able to serve God in faithfulness and righteousness and wisdom in order to bear fruit for the kingdom of God 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Abuna told me that you will focus this year on the life of holiness. And he asked me to speak together about the life of holiness. Uh, what does it mean to live a holy life? Simply means to make a decision to sit apart, to separate from the world and to live according to the will of God. Holiness means separation. When we say this is holy, means we separate this from the rest, from the rest of the world to be for God. When we say this church is holy, means we will separate this piece of land from the rest of the world to be consecrated to God. So when we live the life of holiness, means I separate myself from the world to live to God. And this actually will unlock to us the supernatural. What does it mean? I will have access to God and I will be with God and I will be united with God. So this is access to what is supernatural, above what is natural. Uh, when actually we decide to make this decision, the Lord Jesus Christ becomes real to me. He will manifest himself to me. And I will discover his power in my life. I will feel and understand and be able to connect with the Father, with God the Father, through Jesus Christ, his Son. And basically, our life will be turned inside out. Everything in the world will lose its importance to us. And God will manifest himself in us and in our midst. We actually will be different from the rest of the world. Uh, we read about John the Baptist that Herod respected him and revered him, knowing that 
He is a holy man, as it's written in the scripture. So people of the world will know that we are different from them because we are holy. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24, And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. And you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Actually, in this verse, St. Paul differentiates between righteousness and holiness. Righteousness means that no charges are held against you. That you have right standing with God. All of us, we receive this righteousness in baptism. How come? Jesus Christ, in his life on earth, he fulfilled all the righteousness on our behalf. He prayed. He fasted. He uh, was tempted. He struggled. So, he completed all the righteousness of the law. Then in baptism, I put on Christ. I'm united with Christ. Then his righteousness became my righteousness. That's why we dress these children or these baptized people in white. The white color represents the righteousness of Christ that I received freely at this moment. And during the rest of my life, when I commit any sin, this actually defiles the righteousness. But by repentance, by confession and communion, this defilement, this blemish is removed and I will become righteous. So that's righteousness. But what is holiness? Holiness, as I told you, is how to conduct yourself, understanding that you are so separated from the world. You are now walking in a different direction. You are not associated with the world. You are distinct from the rest of the world. So holiness is a decision of your will. It is what you choose to do with your life. 
It is your conduct living according to the commandments of God. So holiness is to do things that please God. Righteousness is to drop all the charges against you. And now you have right standing with God. There is no charges against you. Holiness is to live a life that's pleasing to God. Holiness has to do with how you manage your time, how you conduct your actions. Holiness bears fruit. Living a holy life is the product of being righteous, is the byproduct of being baptized and joined the family of God. You do not live a holy life in order to make God love you. He already loves you. You live holy life because you are motivated by your relationship now with the love of your heavenly father. You are responding to the love of God rather than trying to get him respond to you. Like they choose a girl from a poor family and they marry her to one of the royal family. So now this girl joined the royal family. She has to conduct herself motivated by this love that elevated her from this status to a total different status. So now she will conduct herself in a royal way because she joined the royal family. That's exactly what happened to us. When we join the family of God, we become his brother, his sister, his mother, his son, his daughter. As he said, who is my mother, my sister, my brother? Those who do the will of God. So when we join the family of God, then actually we will conduct ourselves differently in a holy way. So, how can we live a holy life? How can we live a holy life? I will focus on only three aspects. There are different points, but just for the sake of our time and our lecture today, I will focus on three aspects. The first point, to disconnect from the world in order to live a holy life. This disconnection is very important because as I told you, living holy mean what? Mean to be separate from the world. In Romans chapter 12, Verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, 
by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. St. Paul is saying, now, since you became righteous, then you need to present your bodies as a sacrifice. Not as a slaughtered sacrifice, but as a living sacrifice. Every time we pray, every time we toil, every time we go from house to house doing visitation, every time we go and visit sick people or people in prison or orphanage, I am offering my body as a sacrifice, living sacrifice. But this should be holy sacrifice and acceptable to God. And he said, your reasonable service, our worship. Many people in worship, they do what's convenient, what's easy. But St. Paul wants us actually to discipline our body and bring it to subjection. He wants to offer my body as a sacrifice. Sacrifice means I will toil, I will suffer, I will carry the cross. That's what sacrifice is. Then he said, and do not be conformed to the world. You need to be distinct from the world, separate from the world. You need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now you have the mind of Christ, not the mind of the world. Not the judgment of the world, as I will speak in a few minutes. But I have the mind of Christ. Then, with this new mind, I will know and I will experience, I will prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I will know the good will of God. I will know the acceptable will of God. I will know the perfect will of God. So the, the Bible warns again and again that there should be a definite line between us and the world. Our thoughts, our actions, our words, our behavior should be different. We should reflect the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter 1.15, Peter told us, you need to be different. He told us, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Sadly, this is not how most of Christians live. We go to church, 
we act nicely on Sunday, but the rest of the week, we live like the world, children of the world. Our language. Sometimes when some chat are shared with me from the social media or any type of chat, and I see the language that our children and maybe who are people committed to the church or servants or deacons, I, I, I get shocked when I read this language. It's exactly like the language of the world or maybe worse. So how can be distinct? How can we reflect the light of Christ? This should not be. We have been set apart as holy. Read Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 10. St. Paul saying, By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So we have been sanctified. We cannot live like the rest of the world. To be set apart means we are not living like the world, not thinking like the world, not engaging in sin like the children of the world. Rather, we are separated from the world and walking with God. How can we do this? How can we be separate from the world? Actually, this has to do with what we are feeding on. If you spend your, the most of your time watching secular television, listening to secular music, watching the news, hanging out with non-believers or non-godly, then you are not unequally yoked with them. You are yoked with them, with the children of the world. You know what yoked mean? Do you know the yoke? When they bring like two cows and put this piece of wood on them, that's called the yoke. So St. Paul told us, don't be yoked with the children of the world. Don't be connected with them. This will have an effect on you, whether you believe it or, or not. In the world we are living right now, sexual sins, violence, bad language, drunkenness, all these things are celebrated. And morality and Christian values are left at. That's why back then, St. Paul told us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. Don't, do not be unequally yoked together 
with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lowliness? And what communion has light with darkness? We are righteous. We are holy. We should not have any uh, common yoke with the children of the world. You may tell me, but we have responsibility to witness to the non-Christian. We have a responsibility to share with them the good news of the scripture. Yes, there is a big difference between witnessing to Christ or having fellowship with them. Many people cannot actually make this distinction between having fellowship with them or witnessing to them. Witnessing to them while you keep your distinction from among them. In in James chapter 4, verse 4, he said, Do not you know, do not do you not know? that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world make himself an enemy to God, not only unholy, but enemy to God. Uh, Yes, sometimes it feels challenging to be separate from the world because this means stand out. This means the world may laugh at me or even hate me. But that's what the Lord said. The world hates you because you do not belong to the world. As Jesus did not belong to the world, John 17, 14. But when actually we witness to the world while we are separate from the world, the Lord promised us blessing and honor and glory. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. In every divine liturgy, in every divine liturgy, the conclusion of the Catholic letter, do not love the world or the things which are in the world. Because if anyone loves the world, love of the Father is not in him. For in the world we have the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. These things come not from the Father, but from the world. <clears throat> when we are baptized, we are transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of God. But now, it's your choice. You can go back, if you want, to the kingdom of darkness. The devil cannot pull you back, cannot take you, active, cannot take you captive to the kingdom of darkness. But he will tempt you And it requires your agreement to go back to the kingdom of darkness. 
And also God will not force you to stay in the kingdom of light. It's your choice at the end. That's why the Bible tells us to be sober. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. That's why we need to pursue holiness. So if you want to live a holy life, first step, we must be disconnected from the world and all its pleasures and be connected to God. Yes, it is possible to do this because we have the Holy Spirit. We have the grace of the Holy Spirit. That's why you are charismated to have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us to help you to be separate from the world. The second step, I told you I will focus on three elements, how to live a holy life. The first one, be disconnected from the world. Number two, flee, escape, run away from temptation. Run away from temptation. As we read in Second Timothy 2, verse 22, flee, the youthful desires or the evil desires. You can resist any temptation that comes your way. You have power to resist any temptation. In First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, there is a very uh, important promise to us. After the law, after St. Paul spoke about how the children of Israel were tempted in the wilderness of Sinai. And he said in verse 7, they were tempted to be worshippers of idol. In verse 8, they were tempted to commit sexual immorality. In verse 9, they were tempted to, tempt, to test Christ. In verse 10, they were tempted to complain. But then in verse 13, he told us, no temptation, temptation here doesn't mean trial or hardship. Temptation here means to, tempt, to be tempted to fall in sin. That's the word temptation here. So St. Paul said, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. So any temptation you will face in your life is common to people. Common. Then the second part of the promise. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. If Satan wants to tempt you to fall in a sin, 
that you cannot resist, God will not allow it. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with temptation, will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So, what a beautiful promise. Not only God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but also he will give you a way to escape, a way to run away from the temptation. Then we must flee from temptation to live a holy life. We have the Holy Spirit. I can resist Satan. It is our job to resist temptation. It is our job to say no to the sin. We have a choice. That's why in 2 Corinthians 7, 1, since we have a choice, St. Paul said, therefore having these promises, now you have this promise that God will not tempt you beyond what you are able. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. When we cleanse ourselves from the filthiness of the flesh and spirit, when we run away and escape any temptation, we are perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit abides in us. So, it is easy to resist temptation. And one way of resisting temptation is to crucify our body. Meaning, to discipline your body and bring it to subjection. Crucifying our bodies, as St. Paul said in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 24. But those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So what does this mean to crucify the flesh? It means you do not let your flesh live any way it wants to live. You crucify it. When the flesh wants to do or say things that we should not do or say, you will say to your body, no, you are not going there. You are not doing this. And you say this with authority, the authority of the Holy Spirit in you. The authority of the grace of God in you. All of us who are tempted, even Jesus Christ was tempted. So it is not a sin to be tempted. But the sin when you yield to the temptation and act on it. When temptation comes, 
it is often a thought that seem how actually to, to, to run away from the temptation. Uh, but as I told you, we have the authority. God gave us authority to trade upon serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. You have authority when you are tempted to say, I renounce you, Satan, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Resist the devil and he will run away from you. Temptation like bird flying over your head. We cannot stop birds from flying over our head, but we can stop them from making nests in our head. So thoughts may come, but I will not accept these thoughts. This is what happened with Joseph when Futifar's wife tempted him. He actually ran away and he preferred to be in prison rather than defiling his body. We need to flee from temptation. Even if we're going to suffer after this. Like Joseph, he was in prison. But he determined to live a holy life. Don't entertain the temptation. Don't consider it. Don't think twice about it. Just run away. The third element, so the first element, to be separate from the world. Second element, run away from temptation. Third element, obey the word of God. Obey the word of God. Be holy in all you do. Holiness, I am separate to the, from the world to be with God, to be connected with God. So, how to conduct your life according to the word of God, according to the guidance of the Holy Spirit? To obey the word of God, two things are very important. To obey the word of God all the time and to obey all the commandments. It's not pick and choose. You obey all the commandments all the time. So when we obey all his commandments all the time to the best of our abilities, this is how we conduct our life in a holy way. We need to spend enough time hearing the word of God, reading the word, praying, and understanding what is the message of God toward us. When actually the word of God dwells in me richly, then definitely there will be a transformation 
be transformed by the renewal of your mind. How can you renew your mind? Let the word of God dwell richly in you. When the word of God dwell richly in you, then your mind will be renewed, then you will be transformed. When you are transformed, you will experience the blessing of God. Obeying the word of God is the same today like it has always been. Sin has not changed. And the commandment of God also have not changed. Why I'm saying this? Because the world, the society, and what is deemed acceptable is always changing. But the word of God have not changed. Fifty or seventy years ago, among all Christians from all the denominations, there were certain morals and values not, you will not find two Christians disagree on it. I'm not speaking about centuries before, about 70 years ago, less than one century. Principles about marriage, about abortion, about divorce, about homosexuality, about transgenderism. It was a standard. But now, the view of the world is changing quickly. Meaning what? Meaning that not because these things are viewed differently right now in the world, this means the word of God has changed. So to live a holy life, we do not go by what the world say is good and right. We do not call evil good or good evil. In Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, God said, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. But you know who will do this? Who will say to the evil good and to the good evil? Those who are wise in their own eyes. That's why verse 21 Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. We need to keep ourselves on God's side, obeying his word. And Satan actually used deception. He may deceive some of us, 
from inside the church, whether clergy or lay people, to twist the word of God, to twist the interpretation of the word of God, simply because they are wise in their own eyes, and will confuse people. And then actually, what was taught for 20 centuries as right, now is perceived as wrong. And we can see many people are deceived every day. We need actually to obey the word of God as interpreted by the church fathers, by the early church father. The word of God has not changed. We don't need a new interpretation for the word of God to fit the 21st century. We don't need a new interpretation again for the word of God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Those who are calling for new understanding of the scripture in order to fit the morals of the world in the 21st century, they are twisting the word of God. They are false teachers. We need to obey the word of God to be holy as interpreted by the early church fathers. When you follow the word of God, he will manifest himself to you and blessing will overtake you. We don't need to be wise in our, our own eyes. Let us be humble and let us see what early church father taught us and follow their footsteps. Put the word of God in your eye, in your ear, day by day. Let God speak to you. Listen to his correction and instruction. Yes, there is correction in the word of God. If you don't hear the word of God correct you, then you are not listening. Every day God will correct me. He will always be correcting me and telling me to come to a higher and a higher level in spirituality. Our obedience to the word of God is an act of holiness. And this should be motivated by love. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to burn to be burned, but have not love, it profits nothing. So I will obey the word of God, I will offer my body as a living sacrifice but motivated by what? By the love of God. So, in conclusion, when I disconnect myself from the world, when I flee from temptation and obey the word of God, then I will be able to live a holy life motivated by the love of God, 
Holiness does not happen to anyone by accident. It requires a decision of the will. And we are called to make this decision. The last point in the life of holiness, I will mention it quickly. In Leviticus chapter 10 and verse 10. God said to Aaron and to his children that you may distinguish between holy and unholy, between unclean and clean. I think the difference between clean and unclean is easy. But what did he mean by holy and unholy? Holy and unholy actually may be in, in, in Arabic uh, is clearer than in English. In Arabic, al-muqaddas wal-muhallal. Muqaddas holy. Muhallal means something lawful, halal, lawful. So, not everything that is lawful is holy. I told you holy means it is totally separated from the rest of the world to be dedicated to God. So, we don't call every place holy. We call the church holy. When God said to Moses, take off your sandals because the land on which you are standing Holy land. So this land in particular is holy. But the rest of the lands, yeah, good. But it is not in the same level of holiness. Holiness can be applied to places like the burning bush place or the church. Can be applied to days. Keep the day of the Lord holy. can be applied to materials or things we are using, like when we consecrate a cross, when we consecrate uh, the censor, and we say these are holy. But also, holy can also be applied to people. So, when I separate myself as a Sunday school servant, God is expecting from me to conduct myself in a way that's even different from any regular believer. That's why he told them, you may distinguish between holy and lawful. Maybe there are some activities are lawful, Lawful, nothing wrong with them. But me as one separated myself to God, I will not do them. Not because they are sinful. And the more you dedicate yourself, the more God expecting from you. I mean, if you are a Sunday school servant, what God is expecting from you 
is different from what is expecting from you if you are a deacon, different if from a priest, different from a bishop, different from a monk, and so on. That's why when you visit, for example, a monastery, they will tell you, but this is not monastic. What does it mean this is not monastic? It's lawful, nothing wrong with that. But me as a monk or as a nun, I cannot do it. It's not monastic. So, we as holy people, we need to consider our calling. If I am called to be a Sunday school servant, or to be a clergyman, or to be a monk or a nun, I need to think about my calling. And then, yes, there are many things that are lawful, acceptable, nothing wrong with them. But as a holy person, I need to be separate from these activities. This can be a, a, another discussion, but just I want uh, to, to bring to your attention that not everything that is lawful is considered holy. And God, this verse was repeated at least three times in the scripture to distinguish between holy and unholy or between holy and lawful, al-muqaddas wal-muhallal. May the Lord actually help us all to conduct ourselves in a holy way and to live according to our calling that he has called us and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.